Have you ever felt like the work you were supposed to love is instead sucking your soul and you aren't making the impact you always dreamed of making? If so, you aren't alone. From broke and underemployed to six figures plus, powered only by daydreams and grit, I realized I was burning out and my values of freedom, purpose, and making an impact were taking the backseat to my wallet. I realized that I needed to build my own field guide to awesome from the inside out. So I gave it all up and I traveled the world to rediscover what was most important to me and create a business that filled my pockets, filled my soul, and allowed me to multiply my impact. But the question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our community of experts and share the secrets of success from the inside out. My name is Trina Serechia, and this is the Field Guide to Awesome. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the Field Guide to Awesome podcast. In my last episode, I spoke with Latisse Hudson. Latisse and I spoke about understanding the transformation you create for your customer the power of vision and a business roadmap, two keys to keeping your ideas from dying, and the non-negotiable key to fast track your business. If you missed it, make sure to go back and check it out. My guest today is Carly Myers. Carly is an expert at helping professionals who feel overworked, overwhelmed, or on the verge of burnout, relieve stress so they can find more joy at work, home, and beyond. As the founder of the Stress Less Company, Carly has helped hundreds of professionals from around the country take action to reduce stress through coaching. She believes that there's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to stress management. Her work has most recently been featured through media outlets such as Good Day Philadelphia, Fox 29, The Philadelphia Inquirer, Philly Mag, and Hooli Magazine. Let's welcome Carly Myers. Welcome back, Carly. I am so glad you were able to come back for a second and longer interview. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm excited to be here. I know people really enjoyed the very first and short interview, and I wanted to dive in a little deeper into your story to find out more about you. So can you tell me a little bit more about what you do and who you work with? Yeah, of course. So I am the founder of the Stress Less Company. And what I do is I help people who are overworked, overwhelmed, or on the verge of burnout, relieve stress so that we can find more joy, find that beautiful state of mind, and really find more time for what's most important to us. And um, I predominantly do that with, let's say, type A lady bosses. And I always say a few brave men few brave yep. men there who uh, are just ready. They, they are on that, that verge of burnout. They're running like crazy. They're so career driven, but oftentimes to the detriment of other areas of their life, right? So our health starts to go, our relationships start to slip, or maybe we've even gotten to the point where we're so exhausted. We're so stressed that our career is even slipping. So that is what I do. I help people really gain a gra- get a grasp over stress so that it doesn't run their life anymore. That's fabulous. So what inspires you most about what you do? The type A lady bosses. Oh my gosh. Everything that they're doing, achieving, being, seeing, having, like experiencing the, the amount of, I, I, I would say the most inspiring thing about what I do is seeing the transformation. Like 
moving from a place of, I can, can't possibly take care of myself. Like I can't possibly take time off. I can't possibly have a six figure business and, you know, take a vacation. I can't possibly like seeing the transformation from that mindset to, oh yeah, I'm a queen. Like, of course I can do that. Of course this is possible. That for me is what just inspires me the most and makes me feel just the most excited about what, what I'm doing and creating. That's fantastic. Have you found that when those type A lady bosses start to delve into self-care, do they resist it at first? You know, it's guilt, hundred percent guilt. I can't do this or fear, fear that everything will fall apart. Everything like, right. We talked about like money and, and all of that fear. If I take a little bit of time off that my business is going to fall apart. If I take a little bit of time to do this, that this is going to fall apart. There's a lot of fear. And I think breaking through that is one of the, the first steps to starting a stressless life. That's fantastic. And so how did you find your niche? How did you get into creating your company, the Stress Less Co.? Yeah. So, you know, I think that it always takes one to know one, right? Where, you know, I, so I was definitely one of the, I I am definitely one of those people that I'm very career driven. I love the work that I do. It's super important, but I was finding myself um, falling into that pattern of work, work, work. And I'd like to kind of go back though, because I think that, you know, finding like my people, right? That's, that's a hugely important thing. And, and my present ex- or my past experience was really important. But I think that going back to like, really at the end of the day, why I started the stress loss company is going to be super, it's going to give us a bigger picture here as to how I got where I am. So I actually ended up choosing uh, like creating the stress less company because of an experience that I had when I was young, when I was about 12 years old. And I just want to give your listeners a bit of a, a trigger warning before I share this episode or before I share this story, but, um, and we'll let you know when to come back. But when I was about 12 years old, a man was murdered in my home and my mom was shot three times. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. And so Around that time, my parents had gotten separated. Things weren't working out between them. So they decided to go their own ways. And my mom started dating again. And things started to progress with one of the guys she ended up dating. And, and so my dad thought to himself, or, you know, ain't nobody going to be around my kids unless I know what their deal is, right? Mm-hmm. Overprotective, good dad, you know, that typical dad vibe. And so he goes and he looks up, you know, he does his research on the new guy that my mom's dating. And to his dismay, he finds that this guy has a history of domestic violence. He was actually on parole from a previous uh, incident with his ex-wife. Oh, that's so scary. (laughs) Right. And so my mom went back to this guy and she said, you know, what we all say, right? Like, hey, it's not you, it's me. What she didn't say is, hey, I heard that you have a history of domestic violence, right? Right. Um, But she said, hey, it's not you, it's me. I thought I was ready, but I'm not. I'm not even divorced yet. I'm still just separated. I'm just not ready. And 
A few months later, that same guy broke into my childhood home, killed my mom's new boyfriend and tried to kill her. Um, shot her point blank in the back of the head, threw her L5 in her spine and in her arm. And my mom was, you know, put in medically induced coma to get to have all the surgeries, the whole nine yards. She had a 3% chance of living. And believe it or not, she ended up surviving. She had to learn how to walk wow. again. She had to learn how to talk again. She had to learn how to swallow and eat again. Um, and this to this day, like at this time, you would have no idea that she went through any of that because all she needs is, is a pair of reading glasses of all things, wow. right? And she has a slight limp and that is it. But what I experienced as a 12-year-old girl was not exactly the same full recovery. While my mom had the physical ailments, she had, she had to go through all of that and she had that trauma as well. I, as a 12-year-old girl, really struggled with PTSD with overwhelm, with stress, with jumpiness, like the whole nine yards, nightmares. And it took me, I think, first of all, it's important to note that it took me about 10 years to get to a place where I was, I was good. I was, I could be in a beautiful state of mind, happy, joyful, content, whatever that, that beautiful state of mind would be in. But it took me a long time to start asking for help. And when I finally started asking for help, what happened was, is I would just slowly start opening myself up. I would say to people, hey, I'm stressed. Or like, hey, I'm overwhelmed. Or hey, I'm kind of struggling right now. Do you have any advice? And I would get the same four or five responses every time. So like, hey, Carly, have you tried yoga? Have you tried exercise? <laughs> have you tried meditation? Have you tried, you know, insert mainstream approach here? And I, you know, I was trying all of those things. I was so desperate for change that I was doing it all. But the thing about the, about that is, is that some of them helped me a little bit, but nothing ever got me over that hump, over that ledge to feeling better. And some of the, and then there's some of the things that would even make things worse, right? So for instance, some of my night terrors would be, or nightmares would be when I drown, like I would drown. And in yoga, they do this thing called box breathing where you, oh. right, inhale for four, hold for four, whatever the count is, exhale, right? And so what would happen is I'd go to yoga, they do box breathing, I'd hold my breath and I'd have a trigger, a flashback to a night terror, a nightmare. And so it was actually doing more damage. I was getting more traumatized by, by doing all of these mainstream approaches. And it took me 10 years to figure out what was going to work for me. And that thing was art making for me particularly, but more specifically, creative stress reduction. This thing that, and this is a term that I use with my clients and I teach to all my clients is creative stress reduction is anything that gets us out of fight or flight and into a state of play. Mm. And it can be anything like play with your dog, drink a glass of wine, like, <laughs> you know, go on a walk, <laughs> do whatever. But of course you have to, you know, have to cross out those things that are not healthy, right? right. If you every time, every time you were stressed out, it, you know, if it wasn't healthy, you don't do it. But um, that activity 
you know, I spent a few years after finding the creative stress reduction that worked for me being pissed off. Right. Like I was like, why the bleep de bleep ain't anybody talking about this? Like why, why is everybody telling me these five mainstream approaches? There were so many other options. There were so many other things that could have made me get, you know, not waste 10 years of my life and make me feel better quicker. And then I realized after being pissed off for a little bit, oh crap, that's me. I'm supposed to be the one talking Mm -hmm. about it. And so that is really the reason that the stress less company was born. And I do want to kind of full circle going back to your question about my niche is that a lot of times we experience stuff like this. Um, and we, our coping mechanism is this thing called like the quote unquote, like overachievers complex Mm -hmm. where we just work and we work and we work and we work and we're doing it to avoid everything, but we're actually as we avoid, we're creating more suffering. We're creating more stress. Yes. Yes. You're finding busy work mm-hmm. to avoid creative ways to yes. justify our, our avoidance yeah. of what is uncomfortable, of what is painful when actually dealing with that painful thing and talking about it, bringing, out, it, bringing it out into the light mm-hmm. reduces its power instead of hiding it and stuffing it under the rug. Yeah, exactly. And, and even like thinking about like an entrepreneurial example, it's like doing the laundry instead of sending out that revenue generating email that you need to be sending out or (laughs) making that phone call, right? Like that's the overachievers complex. We're doing things that make us feel productive, make us feel like we're checking things off the list, but it's actually not in our, not for our greater good. Exactly. I know that when I start heavy duty cleaning, I'm avoiding something. Yep. (laughs) That's my trigger to know. It's like, "Mm, what am I avoiding that I really should be doing for business? Yep. (laughs) Like, who is this person? And why is she here? She's cleaning. That's not me, right? Like, 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 why am I enjoying the dishes, doing the dishes? (laughs) Nope. This is my trigger. And I know to get back to work. Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. And it's okay. I think if you, um, start to avoid things, but it's important to recognize when you are so you can catch yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that self-compassion, right? Mm. I think we all have that ten- a tendency towards escapism. I mean, that's why Netflix is so big, right? Right. <laughs> it's huge. But I think that the compassion is, yeah, I did need a minute, but let me, let me course correct. Let me get back to where I need to be. Beautiful. Yeah. And so, wow, I think you've answered a lot of the questions that I've had. So we talked about the big light bulb moment. Um, It sounds like it was when you said, hey, wait a minute. I'm the one who needs to be talking about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a huge light bulb moment for me. And, you know, I would also say that after getting like advice, you know, pieces of advice after piece of advice after piece of advice, and none of them were working for me. You know, another big light bulb moment for me was that, you know, oh crap, like there is no one size fits all. Like there is mm. these five solutions that everybody says works for everyone. It's, it's just not true. There is no one size fits all. And it's up to us to find what uniquely works for us. Exactly. When you were listing like yoga, exercise, getting good sleep, meditation, I'm sure there was another one in there that those are the traditional ones that are told 
to people who are experiencing burnout, Mm -hmm. whether that's burnout in healthcare, which burnout is basically institutionalized in healthcare. No matter where you go, you're going to experience the same. No matter how much um, organizations are trying to fix it, there's only so much the organization can do. Mm -hmm. And also in business. Yep. Yeah. And there's a reason that, you know, unfortunately that there are patterns, there's statistics that prove that those industries have higher suicide rates because these, you know, a lot of the reason that I'm doing the work that I'm doing is because there are so many people out there like me that we've gone through and we've tried everything and we feel desperate. And yet at the end of the day, we're like, well, I've tried all five to six mainstream approaches and none of them are working. So there must not be a solution for me. I give up. Mm. Right. I remember having a conversation in high school with an old boyfriend telling him, if this is what sleep is, I never want to sleep again. And that's, I mean, if we know anything about sleep, that's a death wish. Right. And so you need it. Right. Right. And so I think that, you know, going around sharing the message that there is no one size fits all, that even if you tried the four, these, these few mainstream approaches and they didn't work, it's okay. There are, there are infinite options. I think it's, is the difference between giving up on life and kicking some serious ass. Mm. And that's one of the things that I think is so beautiful about the kind of work that both you and I do, which is coaching. Yeah, it's not to tell people what to do. It's to help them discover for themselves what works best for them. Mm-hmm. Help them create that solution for themselves. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because at the end of the day, no one knows you better than you, right? Mm-hmm. We're each an expert on ourselves, our <laughs> own selves, even if we don't want to believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the truth. What was life and your business like once you figured it out? Once you figured out how to express yourself and to communicate what you've learned? <laughs> I always laugh at that, at, at questions like this. Like once yeah. I figured it out, like I'm, <laughs> I'm not your, like I think about Tony Robbins' uh, Netflix uh, original that's like, I'm not your guru. And I take that same sentiment. Like I'm not your guru. But, uh, you know, I, I, stressors come up. Like one of the things that I teach is that, you know, yes, we can prevent stress and yes, we can make it less, but there are going to be moments where stress comes up. We might lose our job. We might lose a big client. We might uh, get broken up with stressors come up. Um, but I think the difference now is that I don't let those stressors grow and spiral out of control and take over Mm -hmm. my life. Now it's, I'm aware of it. Yeah. It sucks. And what can I do to empower myself to move through this in a way that's not going to create more suffering? And in fact, I'm going to learn something from it. I think that is an incredible lesson in that you're never going to get rid of stress. You you can reduce the amount of time that you spend in the stress reaction Mm -hmm. and bounce back quicker to build that resiliency. But never judge yourself on, it's like, oh, well, I still get bothered by specific things. Yeah. And you know, I would say you spend there. Exactly. It's how, how long we're ruminating, but you know, I think there's also something else to, to mention here, which is that, you know, a lot of the work that I do with my clients is to get rid of chronic stressors. Mm. Right. And I think that you're doing this, Trina, like 
with your, your clients too, like money is the number one stressor in the United States for women. It's number two in the United States for men. Yeah. Money is a chronic stressor. If we don't do anything about it, it's going to be a stressor for us for the rest of our lives. But if we actually start getting that, like getting to the root of that stressor, changing our behavior, changing our actions, changing our mindsets, everything, then we can start pulling these, these triggers, these big stressors out by the roots and start preventing stress. Mm -hmm. That's huge too. So like thinking about money, thinking about relationships that stress you out, thinking about job pressure, how can we address these chronic triggers, these chronic stressors, and create systems and plans to prevent them from spiraling us out of control as well. That is exactly true. <laughs> so what lesson tip strategy can you share about being more authentic to be more vulnerable in business? Because I remember back to uh, our first interview together and you mentioned that as being uh, one of the things that you had to overcome to create the business that you have now. Yeah. I think that, I think that for me, I think for all of us, like fear is one of the biggest reasons that we're not authentic. And, and when we get in a place of overwhelm and stress and anxiety and all of that, we, we pull out all of our unhealthy coping mechanisms and we pretend to be someone we're not, and we try to fit in and we try to do all this stuff. And, Oftentimes it's counterintuitive. It's like not, that's not, we think that's the solution, but in fact, it's really not. So, you know, circling kind of back to creative stress reduction, I think the first piece that we really need to do is we need to get our initial fight, flight, or freeze response under control and move to that state of play, move to that state of flow by finding that creative stress reduction that works for you. Because if we don't do that, we're going to be making decisions that are inauthentic. We're going to be making decisions that may be uh, come bite, coming around bite us in the butt later, right? So in order to find the creative stress reduction that works for you, what I always recommend, or at least for your listeners, what I recommend is starting by creating a list of at least, at least 100 items that you love being, doing, seeing, having, experiencing, right? And Again, this can be anything, you know, uh, eating cookie dough, going on a walk, drinking a glass of wine, playing with your dog, like anything. And then once you have that list of a hundred items, asking yourself three questions. The first question is, does this item, will this item trigger me based on my trauma, based on my past, based on all that experience? If it does cross it out, you don't want to do that <laughs> Two. If I did this item every single time I was stressed out, would it be healthy? Like drinking wine. If I drank wine every time I experienced a stress trigger, we would probably all be drunk all the time, right? No, <laughs> not a good one. Cross those out. And then third, does this item fit into my current resources, my social, personal, financial resources, right? So that trip to Hawaii may reduce your stress, but if you are broke right now, it's not going to serve you because oftentimes we'll push, push, push off. And then we're not reducing stress, but once a year, once every five years, right? Mm. So if, if it's not within your resources, you're going to cross it out. And then what you're left with are all of the healthy, accessible ways in which you can reduce your stress today so that you can start making authentic decisions. You can think more strategically. You can show up better in your life and your business. Wow. What a powerful technique. 
Thank you very much. I'm actually going to do that for myself. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing the hearing what happens. (laughs) Yes, I love learning new techniques and strategies. That's awesome. So, what's coming up for you in as a challenge in the next twelve to twenty-four months? What's exciting? I know. I was just thinking, like challenge, like what I I have a challenge in front of me, but I'm really excited about it. So. I am, I've partnered up with the Stressless Company has partnered up with the Wellness Collective here in Philadelphia. And we are creating our first ever self-care conference called Selfish Philly. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. And so I think that, you know, it's a challenge, it's exciting, but I think what's what is most challenging slash exciting about it is that we're really trying to reclaim the word selfish. Like I think a lot of times we associate the word selfish with narcissism um, and selfish and narcissist, like being selfish and being a narcissist is not the same thing. And so oh, I'm no. really, I'm really excited to start addressing this and, and to start saying, okay, how do we get rid of that guilt? How do we get rid of that fear so that we can start taking care of ourselves and create the life that we want to live? Not an inauthentic life, not a life led by fear, but one le- led by authenticity, by love, by all those good feelings. I absolutely love that. I love the idea of selfishness, taking away the negative connotations of selfishness. Because when you run out of resources, when you are exhausted, when you've given away your last dollar, when you've given away your last free minute, you've run out of resources Mm -hmm. and you have nothing left to give. Yep. You know, so when you keep refilling your well and and building your your well into like a reservoir into an ocean of energy and you get to give from your overflow how many more people can you help how much bigger of an impact could you make yeah I think that is fantastic yeah and i'll be following to learn more about that that's exciting <laughs> yeah it's really it's really exciting and for those of you who are curious that are listening uh, it is happening on April 3rd, 2020. So if you want to mark your calendars and you can find that on um, our Instagram at Selfish Philly. Awesome. And I'm also going to put that information in the show notes. Perfect. So if you have any questions, you can. that's where you can go to find it and find more information. Perfect. Also, if people would like to work with you, how can they find out more? Mm. So for your first 20 listeners, what I'd love to offer again, because the conversations I had last time were incredibly powerful. What an incredible community um, is a complimentary stress less clarity session. And so this is a 30 minute conversation to get to the root of your stress, to create an action plan, to step out of it so that you can live a more joyful life. And so in order to apply for that, what you're going to do is you're going to go to stresslesscode.com slash apply. And don't worry, you don't have to rush and write that down. I'm going to have all that information in the show notes. And Carly, that is incredibly generous of you. And I know that my audience has really um, taken advantage of it in the past. And I hope they do again, because more people really need to know about what you do. Thank you so much. Carly, thank you so much for being on this interview with me. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. 
Join me in the next episode of Field Guide to Awesome as I talk with Tim Barnaby, a certified world-class speaking coach who is building his speaking business with his keynotes, workshops, and consulting services, working with B2B sales teams to improve their presentation skills. Don't miss it, folks. Hey, thanks for listening. I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can immediately implement in your life or business. If so, one of the easiest ways you can help me and multiply your impact is to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and help me reach other heart-centered and socially conscious entrepreneurs like you. As a special thank you, when you leave your rating and review, you'll win a 15-minute free consultation meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again and be awesome.